Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, broadcasting live from the warehouse here in Salt Lake City, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. It's a Friday. That means it's time to have our conversation with Howard Beck. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Drive time appearance here in the 5 o'clock hour. No big deal. Howard, happy Friday. Gentlemen, how are you? Hey, we are doing great. Thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, as always, we appreciate it. Uh, Howard, I'm sure you, you saw the story about the Jazz flight on Tuesday. Donovan Mitchell misses on Wednesday. He talked about it today. He's got anxiety when it, it comes to flying. But my question to you, I guess, is how impressive is the win Wednesday over Memphis? Not only it's their third win in six days over the Grizzlies, but they did it without Donovan Mitchell and after that experience. Yeah, you know, that'll shake anybody anybody up. I've been on as – I mean, I, I can't count how many flights I've been on in the last 24 years of covering the league, although <laughs> none in the last year, which is also weird. Um, and, you know, scary moments happen. You hit some turbulence or whatever. But I've never been part of some emergency landing or, you know, engines being on fire in midair. So uh, I can only imagine how much uh, that was uh, rattling and, and something that, that clearly can stay with you. And I don't blame Donovan Mitchell a, a bit for needing a little bit of time to kind of, uh, you know, gather himself for that. I mean, you know, we've talked many times about their, the, the Jazz's um, – their potential as well as their limitations. And when I talk about them, you know, with you guys, I often say, you know, Donovan Mitchell is the offensive engine. As great as Rudy is defensively, that team is, is, you know, generally going as far in terms of their offensive dynamism as Donovan Mitchell will take them. And Mike Conley, for all of his skills, you know, given his age, and he was never the most explosive offensive player anyway, um, that they could, you know, still, you know, run their stuff, manufacture uh, an offense against a, a, a really, you know, you know, very talented and competitive young team, um, I, I, I thought spoke very well of them. And, you know, not surprising necessarily, but good to see nonetheless because you never know, you know, whether it's injury or whether it's foul trouble or just a bad night or whatever, you, you, you know, knowing that you can uh, rest on everybody else and that things will keep humming is, is always a good sign. Howard, you know, Jake and I, neither one of us are really homers. We don't see ourselves that way, nor do we operate that way. But I think I can speak for you, Jake. Check me if I'm wrong on this. But as we've watched this team week after week after week and talking with you week after week after week, I think both of us are are, are, are getting 
<laughs> gaining more respect for this team and that it really is a real contender. That's what it looks like to us. Now, we know we haven't seen it in the playoffs yet, but it sure seems that way watching this team game by game. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, you know, when a team suddenly makes a leap um, as the Jazz have this season, or you could say the same thing of the Phoenix Suns this season, which is an even bigger leap given that they you know, hadn't been in the playoffs in 10 years and suddenly are you know, among the top two in the West by record. You, know, you always, you know, a month in, you go, oh, well, that, that's nice. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Well, let's see if it lasts. And then, you know, another few weeks, another month. Oh, well, yeah, I guess this looks legit, but let's see how things look, you know, after the All-Star break. Or let's see what happens after they have some adversity. And then when a team keeps doing it, as the Jazz have, you think, oh, okay. This, this is who they are now. And so I, I think that's safe to conclude. I think the interesting thing, though, too, though, is, is that, you know, of course, they're going to be measured by however far they go in, in the postseason. And it just feels like it keeps getting more and more crowded. I mean, it, you know, a few weeks ago, if we were having this discussion, and we probably did, I would say, uh, yes, the Jazz look legit. Let's see how they do against, you know, say the Lakers or Clippers. But – you know, the Suns are still hanging there. And so more and more, like, the, the conversations you guys have there in Utah and about, well, why isn't everybody else on board yet? Or what, you know, is, is the national media or other fans, you know, do they see that the Jazz are for real? You can bet that the Suns are having this same kind of complex about, well, how come we don't have the respect yet? How come people aren't talking about us as a contender? Because people are more willing to talk about the Jazz as a contender than the Suns at this stage. And I think there's still more... Um, skepticism about Phoenix because I think probably also because it's come so far so fast. So, um, but they're in this, you know, I think they're in this as legitimately as, as the jazz are and the Lakers and Clippers haven't gone anywhere injuries at the, of the moment, notwithstanding. And the nuggets, as we discussed last week, getting Aaron Gordon was a huge pickup and they've been looked, they've looked fantastic since they got him. And so, I mean, I don't know when the last time we had a legitimate, like, five-way race is. And that's no disrespect, by the way, to Portland or anybody else who's still trying to get into this thing. But I think there's five teams that I wouldn't be surprised if they represented. I'd be more surprised by some than others. I'd be very surprised by Phoenix, given where they've come from. But, um, but, but it shouldn't be a stunner, given what they've done so far. Should the Lakers be worried about how far they fall seeding-wise before they get their guys back, or is it just a sense that when LeBron and AD get back, it doesn't matter where they're seated? I'm of the belief, as you guys know, that a veteran team, and especially one that's as accomplished as the Lakers are, defending champions, plenty of players who have been through everything, seen it all, they don't need home court advantage, especially in a season where home court doesn't provide as many advantages as normal. And I don't think it – I'm not worried about matchups. I'm not worried about anything. If they're full – if they're at full health, then the Lakers can beat anybody from whichever spot in the standings there is. There is that. However, this is the first year of the play-in tournament, and if you're not top six, you're not guaranteed anything. If you're seven or eight, you play each other. The winner gets the seventh seed. The loser has to play the winner of nine versus ten. So if – you know, God forbid something happens in that first play-in game, seven versus eight. Someone stubs their toe, turns an ankle. You get in foul trouble. You lose a game. Now you're one loss away from not making the playoffs, and you go up against a ninth or tenth seed that might be the Warriors with Steph Curry or 
maybe it's, you know, the Grizzlies with, you know, John Morant. I mean, all it takes is, is one bad night or one unfortunate event. Like I say, injuries, foul trouble, whatever. So that's playing with fire. You know, could the, could the Lakers be the first team ever <laughs> to win a championship coming from the 10th spot? Yes, they, they could. I don't think it's advisable. And I do think there has to be at least some concern, not to overstate it, but some concern that they don't fall too far in the standings. Howard, a team that's uh, just a few blocks away from you are, the Brooklyn Nets, seem to be rounding into form. They've won 8 of 10. What do you make of what's going on here? We've sort of been studying them all year long. Are you uh, are, are you impressed by what you're seeing now? You know, it's interesting. If we reel back to January when they first make the trade for Harden, the skepticism about the Nets at that point would be, all right, first – how are these three high-usage guys going to get along and play well together and, and integrate themselves? Because that's not always as easy as it sounds. And the second concern would be, well, I don't know if they've got enough defense. And then the third concern would be, well, they just gave up all their depth to get hard. And do they even have a full rotation? And for a while, it looked kind of sketchy. Well, now they've got Blake Griffin. Granted, not the old Blake Griffin, but still. Uh, a, a still solid Blake Griffin. They've got LaMarcus Aldridge, not the all-star version of LaMarcus Aldridge, but still a very solid player as we saw in his debut with them. And the depth doesn't look like that much of a concern. And Durant's been out injured for you know a month or whatever it's been. And James Harden has been spectacular and to the point where people are talking about him as an MVP candidate, despite the fact that he dogged the first few weeks of the season while in Houston. And so I think the Nets are obviously very much legit. There are still some questions about, you know, how how high of a, uh, you know, how how effective their defense can be um, in the postseason against other potent teams. But their offense is so great that maybe it doesn't matter. And yeah, their their depth issues don't seem as concerning now that they've picked up a couple of guys off off the buyout market. Howard Beck with us, uh, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Just curious about this because, you know, New York is is a Knicks town and the Nets have historically been secondary, you know, similar to the Lakers and the Clippers uh, out in Los Angeles. Uh, The Nets are the best team in the East. They have three superstars, but who gets more headlines in the Big Big Apple, the Nets or the Knicks? Um, You know, I, I don't look at the tabs every day. And that's that's really where the headlines are. You know, the, the New York Times, my old employer, does not really cover uh, the local teams on a regular basis anymore. So you've got the tabs, the, po- the New York Post, the New York Daily News. You've got Newsday out on Long Island. You've got the Bergen Record in Jersey. Like, those are the, the papers that cover both teams regularly. I don't see them all, so it's hard for me to say. I think if you turn on talk radio, they'd still be talking more about the Knicks being a 500 team and the possibility of making the playoffs, or even in a bad year, you know, let's say they lose the next 10 in a row and it's panic about are they going to make the playoffs, that will still probably garner more attention, more chatter than anything that the Nets do, even though the Nets have three future Hall of Famers who are three of the best offensive players we've ever seen, (laughs) and they might even win a championship. Um, It would take years of the Nets being at a really high level while the Knicks are still dragging before you would see the scales tip, I think. And even then, I mean, it's it, it, it's going to take a long time. The, the Nets have been in New York City proper for less than a decade. And so I think these things are generational. You have to have 
you know, that the fan uh, investments and emotional investment built up over years and generations before you really have that kind of foothold. And the Clippers have been in L.A. for decades and decades. Granted, they were a complete disaster for most of it and under a terrible owner. But even during their Lob City era, which was the best, you know, five-year run that they've ever had, at a time when the Lakers were down, it didn't make a difference. All, all the headlines in the L.A. Times or the local newspapers were, were still going to be about the Lakers. And I just think the Clippers and Nets, you know, have a, a, a uphill battle, to say the least, when it comes to trying to steal, you know, a, a share of not just fandom but coverage. I guess the bad news there, Howard, is it's hard to climb over that kind of establishment. And on the other hand, for those teams, once you establish yourself as something – uh, I mean, it seems like it's pretty hard to erode away uh, that that establishment, especially like look at the Knicks. I mean, what of the when was the last time the Knicks were really somehow important? Yeah, I mean, their last time being relevant in terms of postseason was 2013 when they went to the second round and got knocked out by the Pacers, and they haven't been back to the playoffs since, if I recall correctly. So. And the you know the Lakers or excuse me the um, the Knicks in general over the last twenty years have been mostly a disaster. In fact, they've got the worst record in the NBA over the last twenty years. So, despite that, you know they they haven't really lost that much ground in terms of support. You know, Knicks fans are stubborn that way. You know, as any great fan base is. You know, you're supposed to be with your team through good times and bad, and you know it doesn't matter that the Knicks haven't won a championship since since 1973. They're still treated as if they are this, you know, uh, this iconic franchise, this storied franchise, and they are in some way. But all that story and all that, all, all of their icondom uh, is rooted in things that happened forty something years ago. But it, it's it, there's an aura there, and it and there's nothing seemingly that can shatter it. Well, Since we're me- talking, can I can I butt in with one more thing, Jake, as it relates to the Nets? Uh, Jake and I were talking earlier, Howard, about about uh, Kevin Durant and the league uh, fining him $50,000 for his involvement in that sh- social media exchange. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. It was pretty aggressive yes. on both sides. I saw and it. How, how do you feel about the NBA jumping in on stuff like that and issuing fines? You know, the, the uh, criticism, if there would be any of the league's actions, would be, well, this was a private conversation that was never meant to be public. Okay, well, Donald Sterling's recording, the recording that got him booted from the NBA, was a private conversation with his mistress, who decided to leak it. But once those words are out there, once it's public, it doesn't really matter whether this is something said in the privacy of your own home or the privacy of a phone call or the privacy of a, of a Instagram DM exchange or whatever it was that Kevin Durant had with Michael Rappaport. The fact is it's out there. You represent this league. And if you're Kevin Durant, you represent this league in a really important way as one of the all time great players, as one of today's biggest stars, just as Donald Sterling as one of 30, 30 franchise owners had a responsibility. And so once it's public, you know, the league's responsibility is to look out for the league's reputation and to hold its members at any level accountable. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure if you're Donald Sterling, you felt burned. Well, tough. <laughs> Don't be a racist. And in the Kevin Durant's case, you know, 
don't use those kinds of, of homophobic slurs and, and, and language even in a, a private exchange. And not because you think it may become public, but just because, you know, you hope, you hope people know better. And so um, the whole thing was ugly. The whole episode, when I first saw it the other day, first I thought maybe this is a prank. Maybe these screenshots were fabricated. Then you come to realize, no, it really is them. And then you think, well, God, is this a big put on? Is this something like, because Michael Rappaport loves to stir it up. And I thought, well, maybe the, maybe these, they're in this together, except that Kevin Durant comes off really badly. They both come off badly, but Durant in particular. And then, no, it, it doesn't seem like this was a put on or anything else. This was real. And, and it was, it was pretty ugly. Um, grown men acting that way, by the way, is, is just kind of appalling anyway. Like, Grow up, folks, um, and that's for both of them. I just—it's—it's it's really just disappointing stuff to see, and you know the NBA had no choice, especially given the nature of what Durant said, that they had to to find him. Howard, thank you very much. As always, we appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Appreciate it, fellas. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Howard. It's a great Howard Beck, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, and he jumps on with us each and every Friday here on The Big Show. We appreciate uh, him coming on in the 5 o'clock hour this week. That uh, certainly was nice. We're live from uh, the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Come on by and see us. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Our friend Clayton is going to join us, talk about some deals that, frankly, I we've been coming out here for the to the warehouse for a long time now, Clayton, and I don't... I don't think I've ever hear, heard some of these deals you're rocking today. Out with the old, in with the new is what happens when the oldest son takes over. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm the better, new, cleaner, more advanced technology version. There you go. Don't let my dad hear that. No, he no. Smack me upside <laughs> the head. <laughs> I know Gordon, Gordon's laughing because he knows my dad. Yep. <laughs> he would smack me. But listen, I'm going back to my bread and butter. We've talked all day about the crazy deals that we're doing with the with the onesie twosies, and I got to make space. But let's bring it back to our bread and butter, bread and butter, sorry, mattresses and adjustable bases. Okay, I have, and I and I've hit this all day today, but I really want to get rid of them. I have eight left of them, and they're taking up tons of space in the back. I have eight of these left. They're solid queen, head up, foot up. Your choice of a mattress. I have four different mattresses you can choose, starting at seven ninety nine for an adjustable base and mattress. That's crazy. That is crazy. Normally, I'm selling the mattress at that price. Now you're getting the adjustable base, basically for the same price of just the mattress. Now, and of course, I don't just do solid queens. I also have the split king, and I also have the solid king. At twelve ninety nine, I'm doing the split king with the Made in USA all memory foam mattress. Now, there's a brand on the internet, Jake, that may or may not be the name of the friendly ghost. Okay, know who you're talking about. Right? You go online, you click, they send it to your house. Awesome. Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. I mean, there's always that risk on buying on the internet, sure. right? Why don't you come in? It's the exact equivalent. It's all. It's basically produced in the exact same factory, Jake. I just can't put their logo on. Uh huh. Gotcha. Right? Come lay on it. See if you like it. I'm at twelve ninety nine on that mattress and adjustable base. His and hers, twin extra long. Come see me. We're doing crazy deals. If you need an adjustable base, like I said, Queen starting at seven ninety nine. King the split with that 
solid memory foam uh, mattress, twelve ninety nine. Boom. Take advantage of it. Eighteen twenty five South, three hundred West, the warehouse. Clayton, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Drop of the day, straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for sounds of various clips, also known as Drop of the Day. Real quick before we get to that, our friend Ben Anderson of uh, KSL Sports covers the Jazz. Tweeting this out just now, that Zach Levine and Kobe White are going to warm up before deciding if they can play tonight uh, for the Bulls going up against the Jazz. They're both listed as questionable, so they're going to get out there and warm up a little bit before they decide if uh, they're going to go. Obviously, both uh, very uh, good players, particularly Zach Levine. So there's the latest on that. Gordon, you ready for drop of the day? Yes, I am. This uh, comes from the world of baseball. Cleveland lost to Detroit on opening day in a snowstorm. And uh, this is their post-game call-in show uh, hosted by (laughs) Cleveland's, that is, hosted by a guy named Bruce Drennan, who was not happy with a caller. The good pitch is down the middle. He won't swing at, but the ball's down around his ankles. He hits the shortstop into a double play. This has been going on for two years. Right. I guess you missed a lot of the games that Reyes hit in the clutch last year, huh? No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're an no, idiot. No. You're an idiot and you don't know baseball. I'm you're not gonna, No, you are an idiot. Listen, no, you're going to tell me you idiot. are judging. You don't know anything. You don't know squat, you stupid idiot. You're going to tell me you're going to make a judgment on the season after one game in 30-degree weather that proves what an ignoramus you are. Get off our show, fair-weather idiot. All right, we're going to move on here. Um, 844-289-1421. Didn't even have the courtesy to call me by my name. I've got a few names I'd like to call. Jeez, take it easy there, Bruce. Who cares if he didn't call you by your name? Good heavens. <laughs> and I think he did call him a few names, didn't he, Gordon? <laughs> well, uh, he didn't have a whole lot of respect back either. Did he? Take a chill pill, Bruce. Good Golly, what's going on with that dude? Take it easy. I know we don't take a ton of callers anymore, Gordon, but certainly taken plenty of callers in my career that I didn't see eye to eye with and I'd refrained from calling somebody who was just talking about him taking a pitch a complete idiot. Jeez. Yeah. Can you imagine right. a jazz playoff overtime if that's how I handled every call that came no. in on the next show? No, because you're an adult. <laughs> And also, Bruce, wasn't the game wasn't the game last night being discussed? Not last season. Yeah, I don't know that 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 seemed a little extreme. Hey, I, I'm all for a, a viral clip of uh, a broadcaster losing his mind, but I mean, come on, you're taking post game calls. That's <laughs> showbiz. Come on, guys. He he chuckled at the end of it. He knew what he was doing. By. I don't know. Yeah, losing did. his mind on a listener and calling him an idiot because the listener had the audacity not to use his name. 
No, that how wasn't what, dare you? That that wasn't what triggered it. What triggered it was his accusation about the player, and uh, and then he jumped into you know last season and whatever. I mean, you're defending that guy? No, I'm not defending him. I just okay. heard it all through the years. It's uh, it, it's it, I think to some extent that kind of reaction is shtick. It did remind me of a few other moments in on radio. The good pitches down the middle he won't swing at. This has been going on for two years. Right. I guess you missed a lot of the games that Reyes hit in the clutch last year, huh? No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're an no, idiot. No. You're an idiot and you don't know baseball. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. You can't triple stamp a double stamp, Lord. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. You don't know anything. You don't know squat, you stupid idiot. Moron, idiot, stupid, right down the line. Season after one game in 30 degree weather that proves what an ignoramus you are. Get off our show. Oh, my gosh, you're an idiot. I'm going to kill you. Fair weather idiots. You guys, enough. All the caller was doing was complaining about a guy taking a hittable pitch. That doesn't seem like that doesn't seem like that bit of a big of a, uh, uh, <laughs> I guess, a critique. Huh? Wouldn't yeah. that be like uh, Donovan Mitchell needs to get uh, half an inch closer on the pick and roll to the pick setter? I mean, come on. <laughs> and the guy goes yeah. nuts. Like Gordon uh, Watson nuts right there? Oh, uh, come on. I don't do that. You know it. All that stuff that Austin was just playing was stuff I was reading off a list. And when was the last time I called somebody an idiot on the air? Besides me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, besides you. <laughs> besides you. When was the last time I did that? Well, you do it to me weekly, so I don't think you're making the point you think you're making. It's, it's not true. I, I don't do that to you on a weekly basis. Come on. It's not true. We can have Austin go back through the tape. No. Uh, I mean, you called him a dummy. Not an idiot, but to be fair. He's used the idiot word before. <laughs> when I used to do a show with DJ, he called me an idiot once. It's all, all, it's all in fun. See, you remember when somebody calls you an idiot. I think you're an idiot. <laughs> Who would I say that to? Jake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's called me an idiot. A hey, Jake, you dummy. A bad father. Oh, that wasn't, that wasn't true. That wasn't legit. Come on. Let's just stop with that. You act like you didn't say those things. Oh, well, I didn't say them and mean them. No. Well, I may have on one occasion, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. usually it's kidding More, around. way more than one. Well, yeah. that's okay, Gordon. It's supposed to get around. We don't do that. And all it does is make you more of a dumbo. <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't calling you a dumbo. It's, you know. Yeah. We don't really do that much. We, of course, we don't take that many calls anymore, but uh, I, I don't throw around, you know, idiot that often. Not very often. Not like that. And uh, it's just we all do it our own way, I guess. Stupid. All right. We're here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. We still have a couple of jazz things to give away. If uh, you have time to drop on by and see us, I'll be here for the Jazz pregame as well. In fact, we'll have our last segment with Gordon coming up next before Tim Lacombe jumps on and we get you ready for the Jazz and the Bulls. That's straight ahead here on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Fair weather, idiot!
It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping it up for today. Jazz game night pregame show coming up at the top of the 6 o'clock hour. Tim Lacombe will jump in with me. We'll get you ready for the Utah Jazz and the Chicago Bulls. We're here at the warehouse. I'll be hanging out here through pregame, 1825 South, 300 West. We still have some jazz gear for you if you want to drop by and get it. But thanks to all the listeners who've come down today. Had uh, a lot, seen a lot of you. We really appreciate it. We'll catch up with Clayton coming up here in a little bit. What uh, What is interesting you the most about uh, tonight's matchup with the Bulls, Gordon? I guess I'm waiting to see who's going to be available to play. And if everybody on that Chicago roster can play, then I'm I'm kind of curious to see whether this team can put it together, I mean the Bulls, in order to make a push for the playoffs. Maybe in 10th in the East right now, they – that's that. That's you know, with the addition after the trade, uh, that's that's what kind of an expectation was, right? So, but but if Zach Levine can't play, boy, does that change a lot on that team? Of course it does. Well, yeah, I mean he he's their primary ball handler and playmaker, so you know he's he's their good, best, man. He's their I best think player. he's really good. I mean, the Jazz handled him really well. The last time they played, but he, he's a fine, fine player, terrific shooter, and can do some special things. But as far as the Jazz, it'll be fun just to see him back together again with Donovan on the floor, and see you know how he performs uh, after the trauma of the week. And I, I think that is worth noting. I don't want to overdo it here, and and you know let's say that it's changed uh, changed him, but. I think it was pretty traumatic for Donovan. He was pretty candid about that in his comments today. The storyline that's uh, standing out to me, Gordon, is uh, Nikola Vucevic. You alluded to, to his acquisition. But we saw Chicago, uh, what, a week and a half ago? I think it was March 22nd, something like that. And uh, the Jazz were clearly the better team, which I expect to see tonight. Um you know, regardless of whether Zach Levine plays or not. But uh, Chicago wasn't the toughest team we saw. Remember, we we saw Rudy Gobert get nine blocks, and uh, he really dominated that particular game. And the acquisition of Vucevic does not make them any tougher, mm-hmm. but he does maybe make them more difficult to deal with because we've seen Vucevic play Rudy really well in past games. I think back to, uh, I guess it wouldn't have been last year, Austin, would it, two years ago, uh, the Mexico City game? Where he played Rudy really, really well. So well, that was that. That game was forgettable, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, the point the point is he can do things that make Rudy uncomfortable and change the way the Jazz defend. So mm-hmm. you know, when we had our Andre Drummond discussion the other day, Rudy prefers, in my opinion. I mean, I guess I'm not speaking for him, but that type of player because it allows him to be the multifaceted defender that he is and essentially guard everything in the middle and everything in the paint, you know, pick and roll, cover for his guys, all that stuff. When Vucevic is doing what he does, Rudy has to pay attention to that, and that gets Rudy away from the area that he really affects every other player on the floor. So I I expect Chicago to, to give the – I don't know about give the Jazz a run, but play them harder than they did on the 22nd because I think their Vucevic automatically makes them a more difficult matchup. Yeah, I agree with that, which is exactly why the Bulls made the deal. They wanted to make a push for the playoffs, and they thought that this would do it. Uh, their trouble has been at the defensive end. I mean, they're, I, what are they? I think they're like 14th or – 
13th in offensive rating. But on defense, they're, they're in the ba- bottom third of the league, and that's, that's a problem for them. Do you think Vucevic will help them in that regard? No. Uh, according to basketball reference right now, they're 17th offensive rating, 18th defensive. So, Okay. I mean, just, medi- you know, they're, they're a mediocre team. I mean, and their their stats stand out that way. Vucevic has never been a, a defensive player, and he's not now. But but he, you're right. He is. I've seen. We have seen him give Rudy a, a, a tough time. He's a good player, man. He's just good. I mean, he was leading Orlando in every statistical category, wasn't he? Yeah, he's an all star. I mean, he you know of all the talk of Aaron Gordon and Norman Powell, he was the only all star that changed teams at the mm-hmm. at the trade deadline. And I I don't know I. I think he makes Chicago better. I just don't understand why Chicago did it. And who did we ask that the other day? Was it Mannix who basically said that with Billy Donovan, a new GM there, they're just looking to go a different direction and, and rebuild a different way. But I don't know. I don't know if that deal made a whole lot of sense to, uh, to me for Chicago, other than dumping Otto Porter juniors contract, which uh, was probably a good move, but, um, you know, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind having Vucevic. I mean, I, I think that's a yeah. He, but does he a, make you a, a contender in the East? No. So we uh, know. Well, yeah, we, but you got to start somewhere, right? But in the NBA, no man's land is the middle. That's the last place you want to be. But think about how long it's been since the Bulls have even been there. In the middle, they seem like they're well. I mean, probably back when Jimmy Butler was there, so two, three years ago. Yeah, they've been struggling for a while now, and that's a big market where there might be some pressure on them to do something a little different. I, no, I, I think know. I think Vu, I think Vucevic is a great player. I think he makes their team better, but it's not like he's the the game changer, right? It's not like he pushes them into contention or or even the middle of the Eastern Conference. And last well, I checked, have, the middle of the Eastern Conference isn't very good. But if you have Vucevic and you have Zach Levine, those are two fine, fine, fine players. So then you build around that. That might make some sense. Maybe. I mean, that's what they're trying to do, obviously. We'll see. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know one way or the other. But it's, uh, you know, this is a game the Jazz can win. Will they? I mean, I would expect them to. And I wouldn't expect it. But I do think that Rudy will have to play well tonight, especially at the defensive end. We'll see how they choose to guard Rudy on the other side as well because he provides them a matchup problem because, again, they're an extraordinarily soft team. Yeah. Um, you know, Laurie Markkinen is kind of player that can give you some, uh, you know, matchup disadvantages, I suppose, but he can't guard anybody, and he's, you know, not, not going to out-tough anybody. I mean, that's the thing with this uh, tendency to, you know, the stretch four and the more finesse game. I mean, you still have to have some t- toughness or you're going to get beat. And I, I thought that uh, – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I thought when we talked with Kristen Kenny earlier, she really hit a good point about what Donovan is doing and his aggressive nature early in games. He's leading this team on a whole lot of levels. And his aggression – remember the, the times that the Jazz haven't been really on top of their games, it seems like they've lacked that aggression. And and I know that's easy to say and whatever, but it's, it's very real. And Donovan seems to be in this resurgence that they've had. He seems to be uh, very aware of that and being aggressive right from jump. 
And so, and then it seems like the team follows behind him and, and, and reacts in a positive way to that. So that's something to keep an eye on tonight. I think how will Donovan come out uh, again, especially after what what happened this week? I think he'll be fine. I don't expect mm-hmm. it to affect his play on the floor at all. Um, I mean, I think he'll be rested, if anything. But he has been more uh, aggressive at the beginning of games, and that's somewhere where Bogdanovich made up for him in the game against Memphis where Bogdanovich was really good. So we've also seen happened? games, though, during the streak where they've stunk in the first quarter and they still come back to win by 20. So yeah, who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What happened? What, remind me, Jake, and when, when the Jazz played the Bulls last time, what happened to Levine? Didn't Rudy uh, really have, have sort of a rude uh, greeting to him when he tried to take the ball to the basket? It seemed like he kind of shrunk away a bit after that. Yeah, that's what I, I mentioned yeah. yesterday when we were talking about Rudy's impact, as he did. He he got Levine uh, when Levine tried to go to the basket, and he pretty much didn't go to the basket for the rest of the night and, and took a lot of uh, mid-range shots. And mm-hmm. he can make those mid-range shots, and he can make the long ball too. I mean, he did have 27 in that game, but it took him 25 shots, 10 of 25, 4 of 10 from 3, and uh, he was running away from Rudy Gobert all night long. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, uh, Rudy will be a little more occupied tonight with the big fellow. Well, it's not who he's occupied with as much as where he's occupied on the floor. Like, for example, uh, with um, uh, the Grizzlies, uh, what they did with Valanciunas was just sat him in front of the rim, right? And we know that's not really the, uh, the, the game plan necessarily with Rudy, but that's not even an option with Vucevic. Yeah. So yeah, but and Vuce, and Vuce, let's Birds say it the way it is. Vucevic is a much better player than I think Valanciunas. Oh, way different players. I, yeah. I don't disagree with you necessarily, but completely different games. But uh, Vucevic just... doesn't have the post game uh, that Valanciunas does, where Valanciunas is so good on the block. And even at times going up against Rudy, that's that's not Vucevic's game at all. The, uh, Rudy's teammates are going to have to remember, though, don't rely on Rudy to do, cover everybody, you know, because that's, 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 a, that's a tall order for him, especially when he's got to go up against Vucevic because he is a handful. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but uh, it's a game the Jazz should win. I would imagine that they, w- they will win. But uh, we'll see how they react. By the way, are we are – we, how confident in basketball uh, reference pronunciation guides are you, Gordon? Uh, I don't know. I would expect them to have it right. Why? Because I've been saying Vucevic for years, but according uh. to bas- basketball reference, that's not it. It's Vucevic. Oh. And his nickname Vooch? is Vooch, so that would actually make some sense. But I, I swear I hear everybody say Vucevic, but I've I've gone with the basketball reference pronunciation guide with the Vucevic. <laughs> well, but you keep... see the accents above the C's, right? Yeah. They're the but same. I keep... but so I, like, if, like... if it's Vucevic or Vucevic or Vukovic, it has to all sound the same there. But when Locke was on with us this week, <laughs> I did. I asked him about Vucevic. And you could hear it in David's tone where he's like, it's Vucevic. <laughs> he, like David he said, doesn't Vucevic have a great track record with these things. <laughs> right after right after I said it. And then, Gordon, you've done that to me three times in this segment now 
where I've said Vucevic, and you jump right on and be like, "Yes, Vucevic." Well, I don't. So mean I it thought in that I way. would. I thought I would bring it up. To, to... I I have no clue. I mean, I and that's the thing about some of these names. You hear them pronounced different ways, and it's just kind of like, okay, yeah, pick one. You know. All right. Uh, well, the I'm Orlando just... Magic media guide says Vucevic. So Vuce? all right. And so unless he changed it since he traded was traded to Chicago, I don't Because I'm it? just is trying it? not to feel dumb here because is I feel it, like. Is it, well, no, you don't feel dumb. You're not dumb. But uh, think about, uh, doesn't Chris Mannix still call Bogdanovich Bogdanovic? Yeah, it bothers me. So, I mean. <laughs> not as much as Mia One bothers me, but. Would that bother you if somebody mispronounced your name all the time? Hortman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, people, some people take very a lot of pride in 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 the proper pronunciation of their name. You do get annoyed with Munson. Well, it's just incorrect. But you know, I mean, so what? But isn't that's that what you're talking point. about? Yeah, that's exactly what you're talking about. Well, I know, but it's O N. It's not U N. No, I know, but you get annoyed when somebody says Munson. That's exactly uh, what you're talking about. I, I really don't care. You, know. you got so mad at the voice guy for saying Munson. Oh, Gordon okay. Munson. Okay, but what was that? Five years? I couldn't care less. Whatever. I <laughs> uh, suppose that's the nice uh, part about having a name like Jake Scott. I don't think it's ever been mispronounced <laughs> once. Yake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true, it's you know. Pretty straightforward. The The most complicated thing people deal with with my name is one T or two. Really? People think Scott would be with one T? Yeah, there's a lot of Scots out there with one T. Really? I, I, I didn't know that. Well, uh, Google it. I'm sure you'll find plenty. <laughs> All right. Speaking there of is, dumb debates. True. <laughs> there are several Munsons out there, too, like Roy Munson. Well, Thurman Munson was a great baseball player. Tried to not a, not what a, about the Munsters? There you go. Uh, not a big uh, – what was that bowling movie with Woody Harrelson? Not a big fan of, of – uh, what is it? Why am I going blank, Austin? <laughs> Kingpin. Kingpin. Not a big Kingpin fan, Gordon? No, I did see that movie. I thought it was pretty funny. That was hilarious. Maybe the Farrelly brothers best, and that's saying a lot. All right. Oh, by uh, the way, speaking, speaking of bowling, I, I saw online, again, for some reason, somebody posted that Pete Weber video again. He retired you know? today. Is that why? Okay. Well, I mean, they, they had a lot of fun with that. And they said that he, he got mixed up. He didn't mean to say what he said. <laughs> oh, can we hear that just going out of here? I, I, oh, man, I wanted to hear that. That's Gordon, uh, you, you have yourself a wonderful evening, my friend. Enjoy the game and enjoy your weekend. All right. Same to you. All right, we're here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Clayton is joining us once again, and uh, hopefully we're we're getting a big weekend started here at the warehouse. Here, you've got some deals going out that are unheard of. Well, you know, anytime there's a jazz game right before we go, which is a lot of the times, I just get excited. I, I think it should be fun tonight. Uh, I'm interested to see how the Bulls are with uh, Vucevic. Yeah. Me too. Is Zach not playing? Still, he's out warming up apparently as we speak, and he's going to see if he'll make the decision later. He's going to make the decision. A lot of players have been coming into Utah and getting scared well, to play us. It's it's a tough <laughs> it's tough sledding against the Jazz. Let me put it that way. 
anyway, I talked about last break I did a crazy deal. And about four people came in and eight people called us. Our split king. Oh, sweet. At the twelve ninety nine, sold it, done. I don't have any more it's of those. It's gone. That's the thing. Like if I if I go crazy and I say something, Jake, and you come in tomorrow or you come in a little later, it's gone. Sorry. But I will do this. All right. For any listener who's listening right now, I'll stay true to the twelve ninety nine solid king. The split was crazy. My uncle gave me crazy eyes like, you're insane. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing over there, <laughs> And good thing my mom wasn't here because... You would have been in real trouble. I would have been grounded. Yeah. Well, this is still a great deal. I mean, it is a great deal. Absolutely amazing. And, and mattress included, everything, right? Exactly. So for those that are listening and maybe don't understand, what's the difference between a split king and a solid king? A split is a, basically a his and a hers, right? And these adjustable beds are bases, so you just take out the slats, take out the box spring, and you put the adjustable base inside or within the boundaries of your bed, the headboard, footboard, and rails, right? So if it's split, she can be flat and you can go up a little bit. Or maybe you're starting to snore or your partner snores and you just bump them up a little bit and they'll stop snoring. That's kind of the split. A solid is, it's solid. So one side moves up, they all move up. And, the, and obviously, the mattresses change in that. If you have a solid base, you have a solid mattress. If you have a split, you have split mattresses. And so, um, kind of just crazy little information and education right here. Twin, extra long, two of them together is a king. Right. It's not what you think. It's not two twin, twins together. And another little information education is... King is only four inches wider than a cow king, and a cow king is only four inches longer. Most people are like, oh, the biggest is cow king. Well, kind of. Not really. Yeah, right. It's the longest, yeah. but it's not the widest. So I'll honor it. Twelve ninety nine on the solid king with made in USA memory foam gel infused mattress. Twelve ninety nine. Boom. All right. Take advantage of it, Clayton. You're the best, man. Thanks for hosting us Appreciate today. you guys. 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. Jazz Game Night pregame show starts next right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I hate goodbyes. I won't have to work until Monday. Woohoo! All right, well, have a good weekend.